Hey everybody, welcome back to Is That Too Dark? I'm Nikki. And I'm Kaylin. And this is a podcast. We might choke each other out by the end of today, but... It'll be fine. Kaylin is looking at her freshly done nails They look so good. Look at them. Mary killed it. Mary, I know you're not listening to our podcast because you don't fucks with true crime, but... She killed it. Love it. But if your nail lady does fuck with true crime, tell her to check us out. Anyways, um... The wheels of justice have just been churning. They have. Yeah, like, there's a lot. I was looking for our dark news, and I know we are pre-recording this because the holidays are upon us, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but I, two things, I mean, I chose two dark news this week because I have things to talk about. Now, like I said, we are pre-recording, so this is about a week before, so I'm sure more things are happening, but... Let's talk about the two things that I have been focusing on this week, okay? First of all, Scott Peterson, baby. He's Let's back in the news. He's always back in the news. But um, when I did the Lacey Peterson episode, I popped in my editor's note um, about how he was getting resentenced because the death penalty has been taken off the table pretty much in the state of California. Um, he's finally been resentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And this was... November, oh, no. right? Yeah. Wednesday, December 8th. Oh. Um, so the in 2020, like I said, the California Supreme Court reversed Peterson's death sentence after finding potential jurors were dismissed um, erroneously in part because they were expressed general objection to the death penalty on a questionnaire. And this is all from CNN. Um, but... One thing I do want to mention is that Lacey's family did address Scott in court. And this is a direct quote from Sharon, Lacey's mom. You didn't want the responsibility of being a father. You are a coward. She also spoke about Connor. So she said he would have been 18 years old by now. 10 months ago, you would have been free of child support and not have to worry about being responsible for a child. But she said two things will never change. Lacey and Connor will always be dead and you will always be their murderer. Damn. Yeah, and basically what she said is that, like, nothing's really changed. And I believe Scott's family has said the same. Like, it was the same type of trial. They were kind of hoping for something different. I don't really know what they were hoping for. The reason why this was so rushed is they were saying that originally in 2022 this sentencing was going to happen. But Scott really started fighting for to be allowed out on bail because at this point... So, basically, after the death sentence was reversed, he didn't have a sentence. Yeah, he was sitting in jail. He was sitting in jail. And typically, when that happens, you do have the possibility for bail and to get out while you're waiting sentencing. So, they were saying that this was kind of, like, unjust. Like, you can't really just have someone sitting in prison with no sentence because we're basically back to where the trial was and then we're waiting for sentencing, right? So, he's found guilty, but he has no sentence. And in most cases, they're allowed bail of some sort, no matter how high it is. Most people don't meet it, but he was pretty much willing to pay a lot, I think was the gist of it. So, they were like, shit, we got to push this up so he doesn't have the possibility for bail. Or parole, as it turns out. So, that's great. Right. So, they're still waiting um, because they are hoping for a whole new trial because of juror number seven, or I believe she's called the son... She's the one who the wrote hair. the book with the other jurors. Yeah, the yeah. one with the really red hair. Strawberry shortcake. That's what she's called. Um, because they believe that she committed prejudicial misconduct by not disclosing her prior involvement with other legal proceedings. Um, because they, she was a victim of a crime while she was pregnant. Her boyfriend, I believe, domestic violence. Which obviously is very pivotal to the case that she was sitting on. Right. Um, so for that... They are hoping for a new trial completely. That, I believe, will be seen next year or soon. That's still in the works. So that will be definitely interesting to see if he wins that appeal because I think this might be the most credible way for him to win an appeal is for that reason. I know I'm showing you my phone. I I know what Scott Peterson Um, looks like. (laughs) It wasn't really purposely, but a lot of people are saying that he looked emotionless and expressionless, oh my gosh, in prison, but it's also like, what else is he supposed to he do? He has a mask on, and he's been in jail if he is innocent. He's been in jail for, like, 18 years for this crime. Like, do you think he's excited to be resentenced to life? He knew what was coming. Right. Do you think he's going to get another appeal? I don't know. I gen- I think that under the legal system, we have to let him have an appeal. Like, he has Sorry, to be... Sorry, he's going to get a new trial. 
A new trial? Uh, I would like to see a new trial. I would like to see a new trial. I don't um, think it's going to be fair either way, but I think he deserves a new trial. Well, and I don't think it's going to change the outcome. So I'm, you know, it's people already have their opinions formed and there are less of the population who feel he is not guilty than there are who feel he is guilty. So we'll see. I, if you want to listen to our full opinion, there is a full episode about Lacey Peterson. Um, episode five, Kayla is holding up her hand to let me know. So definitely go and check that out. Definitely one of the cases I think about very frequently, but in my other portion of dark news, because I told you I have two stories for us all today. Dun, dun, dun. Kaylin, growing up, did you watch 19 Kids and Counting? Yes. Okay. So are you aware of what's going on with Josh Duggar? Yes. Okay. So basically, for those who don't, Josh Duggar has been proven to be a big piece of trash. He is the oldest of the 19 kids from Jim, Bob, and Michelle Duggar. All of them have a J name except Michelle. Um, I was a big 19 Kids and Counting fan. I actually knew the theme song by heart, so I knew all the kids in order. I'm kind of rusty, but I think I do know the gist of them. So Do it. No. Um, because I'm afraid I'll miss a few. So Josh <laughs> is the eldest of the Duggars. He is married to Anna Duggar, and they had they just had their seventh baby, I believe, six or seventh. After too four, many, I lose count. They're trying to get to nineteen. But they just had their next baby, um, their newest baby. I mean, I think she's less than like three months old. But he has been on trial for possessing, downloading, and possessing child sex abuse images on his work computer. Now, before all of this, he was in a big scandal um, because Ashley Madison, the website that he um, that is used to like cheat on your spouses, he was found on. Um, and even before that, or around the same time, he was found that as a teenager, he sexually molested a few of his sisters as well as a babysitter. And that happened someone leaked the court records or something. Um, and he was sent away to a Jesus camp because if you don't know the Duggars are extremely religious, so you don't even wear pants. If you're a girl, um, they're some form of Mormon and they believe that birth control is evil. That's why they have so many children. Um, but so he admitted to all that he had went to, you know, Jesus camp and the sisters said that they were for, you know, they forgave him and they had moved on. And then the cheating scandal came out and Anna stuck by her man as she does. And then this comes out. So, um, this past Thursday, Thursday, the 10th, one day after Scott Peterson, I'm telling you, it's been a busy week. Um, the federal jury in Fayetteville, Arkansas found 33 year old Josh Duggar guilty on one count, each receiving and possessing a child pornography he faces up to 20 years in prison and fines up to $250,000 for each count of which he's sentenced um Duggar's legal team is intending to appeal I'm glad that it was per sentence per sentence by the way he did plead not guilty um and this happened back in April the prosecutors contended that Duggar downloaded a bunch of it on his laptop. He obviously said that all of this was, you know, not him. Someone hacked into his computer and downloaded all this. But um, they figured out that they geolocated the computer to his car lot, which he works on, and matched the timing of the images downloaded to the times that he was there. So pretty much can't deny that you were there this also included times where duggar was the only paid employee on the lot so obviously he was clocked in getting paid so can't really say it wasn't you but he did at first that's why he was pleading not guilty he was saying he wasn't the one to download it on my own computer that i remained in possession and he had his own separate office like the picture of it is like this little office in the middle because you know they're in arkansas so they have a lot of land but just in the middle of a lot um, so basically he is planning to appeal. Um, he hasn't been sentenced yet, but I'm going to now talk about, um, by the way, his wife, Anna is still standing by his side. Um, I'm going to talk about how the family has kind of reacted. So Jim, Bob and Michelle said this entire ordeal has been very grievous and that their hearts and prayers are with anyone who has been harmed through sexual uh, through child sex abuse as parents we will never stop praying for joshua and loving him as we do all of our children they said in each of life circumstances we place our trust in god oh and by the way um the youngest image that he had downloaded the child was six months old that is and remember he is an infant at home that That's is disgusting 
regardless of the age of the child that is disgusting and the fact that he's like oh it wasn't me on my work computer like then you should be fired for losing company property and allowing the possession of it with somebody else like there's consequences to your actions and if you really want to play that card you should lose your job yeah so um another sibling that has spoken out is ginger duggar um or ginger volvo now I think um, she is married to Jeremy and he is a pastor. I believe they're in California now. Um, not that it really matters, but she is now allowed to wear pants. Great. Go She's ginger. Progressive. Um, but she put on Instagram. We are saddened for the victims of horrific child abuse. We are also saddened for Josh's family, his wife and precious children. We are saddened for the dishonor. This has brought upon Christ's name. Josh claims to be a Christian when a professing follower of Jesus is exposed as a hypocrite the response of many will be to challenge the integrity of Jesus himself. Um, apparently, also, they are estranged from Jim, Bob, and Michelle, which I did not realize. Um, but they are, I guess. So they said, we are thankful to God for exposing Josh's actions and to a legal system committed to protecting the innocent and punishing the guilty in this case. We are grateful for justice. We are praying for further justice, then addiction, protection, and healing for all those who have been wronged. And they also mentioned that, um, you know, they are thankful for the justice system for for protecting the most innocent and vulnerable people, which are children. So I really love that statement from them, to be honest. You know, they're basically saying, fuck Josh. Um, We are not, you know, we're praying for him because he's a disgusting bitch, Um, but also saying it in a very religious way because they're very religious people. But it seems like she's basically like, fuck Josh. And I don't. I think Ginger might have been one of the ones that he molested. That would make sense that I she's so vehement Jim about it. Jill and maybe Ginger or Jessa. It might have not been Ginger. Ginger is slightly because it goes Josh, Jana, John David, Jill, Jessa, Ginger. So maybe. But I think she's one of the only ones that I've seen that's really spoken out, but that's great. You know, I think it's, well, and his cousin Amy um, is like, hallelujah. And Amy in the show was always like the rebel cousin, but she was, she has spoken out a lot about him and how much she does not engage with that side of the family pretty much anymore. The thing about being of a religious family too, it's always going to be like people on the outside turning against like, well, if you're so religious, how could this have happened? Bad people do bad things regardless of what they believe in. And exactly. And he's obviously to me, people that are, and I know a lot of psychology we're going into this, but are into, um, child, uh, that are attracted to children, basically. They're mentally unwell, right? So, like, that doesn't matter. I think that's a big... You're born that way, just like people are born to being attracted to certain preferences, you know? Not... Again, I'm not equating them as the same, but you're attracted to what you're attracted to, essentially. Um, and being religious or not religious doesn't change that, right? So this is not a religion thing, but I think, especially in those types of family, they try to say, like, oh, you know, we go through God for all this and God provides healing, And you know what? I hope it does for the children that are in those videos. And I mostly feel bad for his children, his children who have to grow up knowing their father does this. And I do feel bad for Anna in a way, because I do think she's been brainwashed her whole life to stand by her man because divorce is a huge sin and she's going to go to hell. Well, and I'm hoping that his own children aren't being subjected to this treatment. Yeah. Um, but people are always going to question whether they were or not, unless they come out and say that they were. And they never will. And it's not up to them to have to say that. So Because if we're thinking about it, like, okay, so when this all happened with Josh at, like, 14, um, molesting his sisters, like, it would, I don't think it was a public's right to know that, right? But that definitely wasn't something that... I'm sure Jim, Bob, and Michelle exposed past talking to the church because he went off to a church camp and eventually he came back. And actually, after that, because that was a big point in the show, was that, remember, all the girls shared a room and all the boys shared a room. And that was 10 boys and nine girls in each room. And they were not allowed to go into each other's rooms. And looking back on it, I think that was a huge way that Jim, Bob, and Michelle used to protect the rest of their kids. Yeah. And I'm not saying what Jim, Bob, and Michelle did in that situation is right or wrong. Because, again, that's a scenario you don't imagine as a parent. And what do you do, really? Like, they're all your children. Um, But I don't imagine that that was something that they, like, spoke about. And now it's interesting because that's more than just, like, oh, a teenager who is very right you know i mean you're homeschooled you're not around any other kids is exploring versus now 
he's still, as a 33-year-old man, looking at teenagers and young kids, actually, not teenagers, young children. So I hope he gets prison time. And help. I hope he gets help. I hope he gets help. And you know what? I think the prosecutors did say, too, like, this shows that no matter your social, economic, or any class, that you will be um, fully held responsible, which is great. Because we do see a lot of these um, that just get kind of swept under the rug. And I think with R. Kelly, not that R. Kelly and Josh Duggar are on the same level of fame, but in Arkansas, I bet the Duggars are famous, right? But R. Kelly and Josh Duggar are both being held accountable for what they did because they both have money and resources to get out of it and they're not getting out of it. And I do, you know, as they said, like our thoughts are with the victims of this and hope that there is resolution brought and that we hope Josh faces justice. But yeah, those are the two things I've been focusing on this week. Yeah, no. And I'm glad that I'm not glad there's a lot going on, but I'm grateful that in both of these instances the victims are being put at the forefront yeah um regardless of guilt or innocence the focus is not on this man's life being ruined well, it's you know what what happened to these I children think a lot of that has to be done to the true crime community because i honestly think that through these podcasts and through everything else that the victims are always at the forefront of everyone's minds now where it used to be like "Ooh, look at the ratings and now people are much more compassionate they're like no let's look at the victims yeah where it used to just be like a hot scandal. Now people really stand up for if, you know, a news portrays some the victim as being blamed. Oh my God, it's all over Twitter, all over Instagram. Right. Anyways, are you ready to get into your case? I am. I'm kind of excited. Okay, let's do it. I want to tell you the story of Brian Warner, um, better known as Marilyn Manson. I know nothing about this person. Um, I don't, I never listened to their music, so I don't really know. Did you listen to their music? Um, a little because shock rock was like the way to get to my parents. But the thing about Brian Warner is that he aims to be controversial, but then he's like a little crybaby about being controversial when he gets clocked for it. So I'm going to tell you about his life. I'm going to tell you about his crimes. I'm going to tell you why he is even on the radar in the true crime community. So. Yeah, for sure. Cause you were like, I'm going to do this. And I was like, why? Like why? what happened? All I yeah. know. Well, let's see if you talk about what I think the only thing I know about Marilyn Manson. No, didn't he? Oh, the rib thing? Get rid of, well, the rumor was he got rid of a rib so he could suck his own dick. That's the rumor. I didn't. I don't think he actually did it. Look he into that. said that he didn't do it. But. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So Brian Warner was born on January 5th, 1969 in Canton, Ohio. I know, right? Um, he was the only child of Barbara Wire and Hugh Warner, and he was raised in his mother's Episcopalian church, though his father was Roman Catholic. He was a student at Heritage Christian School until the 10th grade. Because of the religious sentiment of the school, the educators attempted to show the children what music was acceptable to listen to and what was not. And he wasn't accepted. Yeah, Warner fell in love with the, uh, you're not supposed to. Um, He transferred in his junior year to a mainstream school, Glen Oak High School, and he graduated in 1987. His family relocated to Fort Lauderdale in Florida, and he attended Broward Community College in 1990. He was meant to be earning his degree in journalism. Um, He even landed a gig reporting for 25th Parallel Music Magazine. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, He was given the opportunity to interview musicians that would later actually end up influencing his performance and his persona. So Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails. And Groovy Man helped create the man that would later name himself Marilyn Manson. Warner claims that Marilyn Manson is the combination of two oppositional pop culture icons. So Marilyn Monroe and Charles Manson. So oh, that's very interesting. I didn't just, know why yeah. he named himself that. And I'll go into this, but his whole his whole band actually kind of took that on, which is and interesting even to Brian me. Sucks. So. Right? Yeah, Brian, poor Brian. Um, but when you combine a sex symbol and a cult leader, you're probably going to be pretty controversial. So his music career started when Warner formed his first band, Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids, 
with Scott Puteski, which he took on the persona of Daisy Berkowitz. And they met at a club in Fort Lauderdale called the Reunion Room. Um, They later dropped the spooky kids part and just called themselves Marilyn Manson. Um, Satan on Fire and Mrs. Scabtree were also two side projects that came about as a way to get around. Satan on Fire. Wow. Um, There were contracts that kept Marilyn Manson from playing in certain clubs, so he just changed the name of the band, basically. I love that. So he could do that. And the club was like, oh yeah, you're a different person. Uh, Yeah, that's fine. You're not Marilyn Manson, the band anymore. You're just Satan on Fire. What age did he decide to be Marilyn Manson? Um, I will get into that, but it was actually following the Columbine Massacre. Oh. Um that he officially trademarked it. This project formed in 1989 though. So about 10 years prior, Jordy white who went by Twiggy Ramirez and Steven Gregory beer, who called himself Madonna Wayne Gacy. Stop. No. Yeah. They all took on famous musicians. Honestly, I know they suck probably, but they sound like fun people, right? Like the spooky kids. Okay. I'll join. Um, as well as Jessica from Jack Off Jill became a melange of musicians, getting their start how we would all imagine, playing dirty clubs and choosing chaos each and every day. In 1993, the conglomeration of Marilyn Manson caught Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails' attention. He chose to produce their debut album, Portrait of an American Family, in 1994, releasing it on his Nothing Records label. The band got a following, enough so that their downward spiral tour featuring Nine Inch Nails and Jim Rose Circus and the release of Smells Like Children only helped them to grow. Smells Like Children. (laughs) On Smells Like Children, the album, the band released a cover of the Eurythmics song Sweet Dreams, making it their first big MTV hit and putting them on the map. And we've all heard this song, even if you don't care for Marilyn Manson. Sweet dreams are made of these. It's that song. But is that his song? No, it's by Eurythmics. He covered it. Um, Antichrist Superstar, which was the second full-length album, was also co-produced by Resnor. Um, And then three of the band's albums went on to gain platinum status, and three more went on to earn gold, keeping seven releases as debuting in the top ten on the charts. So he is... Popular. Right, and he's controversial, and that's what made him significant, I think. I mean, I think um, at the time, all of those kind of bands are very controversial. Oh, yeah. Like, shock yeah. rock was like a thing. I mean, it was shocking. Right. <laughs> Warner also eventually signed on as a producer for the band Jack Off Jill um, because of his relation- I love relationship. Jack Off Jill. Well, yeah. Um, I love the names. <laughs> I'm like, I don't listen to this music, but sorry to keep interrupting you. Yeah. The names are hilarious it's great yeah um because of his relationship with jessica he signed on to produce them um helping them produce most of their early recordings as well as featuring them as openers for most of his shows in south florida um warner under the manson persona is often called one of the most iconic and controversial figures in heavy metal um pace magazine even called him the most famous of the shock rockers Beyond this, Warner also chose to guest spot with the likes of DMX. Um, he was in Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. He was with Godhead on 2,000 Years of Human Error, with Skylar Gray in the song Can't Haunt Me, and he even did a cover of David Bowie's Cat People. He also made waves in the film community. Um, he made his film debut, debut in 1997 with Lost Highway. He's had many cameos in films, such as small roles in the movie Party Monster, Jawbreaker, a movie called The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things, which is a little wordy. Um, Warner is also not quiet in his political views. Um, he appeared in the now infamous Bowling for Columbine documentary directed by Michael Moore. Um, discussing the controversial stance that his music was somehow to blame for the massacre. In July of 2005, Warner told Rolling Stone that he was shifting from music to filmmaking and that his pet project Phantasmagoria was going to be released in 2007 as a walk through the life of Lewis Carroll, with Warner playing the titular character as well as directing the film. Allegedly, 
The project was shut down when studio bosses caught wind as to the fact that the public was not responding well to the violent clips they were being able to access on the internet. Um, Warner eventually resurrected the project in 2010, handing the directorial reins to Roger Avery. Later, however, he commented that he had withdrawn from the project because the writing process for the film was so damaging to his psyche that he decided he didn't want to have anything to do with it. Well, that makes sense. I mean, should you release it, though, if it's already fucking you up? Right. Mental health before all else, guys. Um, He went on to make additional television appearances, playing Ron Tully on Sons of Anarchy, Thomas Denley... He was on Sons of Anarchy? Yeah, it's like a guest spot. It was like a one-off character. Um, Thomas Denley in Salem, and then he also had a guest spot on the show The New Pope. Brian was also very heavy into the mixed media arts. Um, He began his career as a watercolor painter in 1999 when he sold his, like, he called them five-minute pieces. Um, He would create them and sell them to drug dealers. He he held an art show in 2002 titled The Golden Age of Grotesque in the L.A. Contemporary Exhibition Center. Max Henry, who was an art critic, called his work similar to that of a psychiatric patient given materials to use as therapy. So, not good. I don't know. Creative, if nothing else. Warner also called his self-proclaimed art movement Celebritarian Corporation, coining the phrase, we all sell our shadow to those who stand within it. Which, I don't know if he's like trying to be deep or if this is just one of those things where he's like, yeah, this is how I feel. I always feel like everything he says, though, he's like, I just want to sound deep, even if I don't mean it. I think he's trying really hard to sound deep, and it's like, okay, go off. He's like, um the Pinterest girlies, you know? Yeah, We're for always sure. trying to be deeper, and, like, not everything needs to be deep. Like, it's really okay. Right. Just girly things. We can have, like, one happy day, you know? Um, amongst all of these endeavors in the artistic world, he also created his own brand of Swiss-made absinthe, which... What is that? It's alcohol. It's, oh. like, hallucinogenic alcohol. Oh. Uh, Sounds fun. What do you think he might have called that absinthe? Oh, God, I don't know. I mean, everything is so wordy. I feel like it's at least 15 words. That's funny. He called it Mansynth. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Warner proclaimed in 2015 that he himself no longer drinks absinthe. Um, unclear whether it's because his was described as not good. So. Oh, man. No one liked it? No one liked it. Or the people that did like it were like, I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So, like I mentioned before... Brian created and trademarked his persona, Marilyn Manson, as a nod to both Marilyn Monroe and Charles Manson. He actually trademarked the name in order to issue cease and desist orders to the media who fueled the media firestorm that he was to blame for the Columbine High School massacre. You know, I really just don't understand people that blame... um like, musicians on things. Or video games. Or, or video games. The media, it's yeah. like... Okay, like, weird flex. I actually literally watched a YouTube video today where this girl was murdered and they blamed the band Slayer. Yeah. Because the killers, like, quoted a lot from the band Slayer. And it's like, but Slayer wasn't there. Right. Like, I mean, you can use any... I can look at a picture of Vincent Van Gogh and say that's the reason I wanted to kill someone. Like, it seems like a weird excuse to me, but go off. I'm with you. One journalist from Fox News had incorrectly claimed that Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris were wearing makeup to resemble Manson. Fox News incorrectly claims something? (laughs) And t-shirts from his shows. Um, Even though the reports were proven false, they kept it going. Um, Someone from Fox News kept reports that were wrong going? (laughs) Manson claims that the fallout from being blamed for Columbine nearly ruined his career. He oh, yeah. what it's like <laughs> how guilty would he feel? You know right. what I mean? If like, that how was that fair to him? Yeah. Um, hold on though, you're gonna hate him in a second. So um he was shunned from many venues and received death threats and protests due to his alleged role in the massacre. Warner stated right so Warner stated when it comes to things like Columbine, it would have been different if Harrison Klebold had actually liked my music. But I think that I've had more blame accredited to me than any person in the history of music. 
there should be some sort of Grammy for that. So he's flippant about it for sure, but also like... Wait, so he thinks he should win an award because people are talking about him? For blaming him for the massacre. Um, and he's like, they didn't even like my music, so why am I? Oh, so <laughs> why am I so popular? If he was a true fan, it would be okay. But right. he was a fake fan, right? So I'm sure, how much I like that take on things, right? So this is actually the fuel that Warner needed to trademark the Marilyn Manson name. Um, like I said, he issued those cease and desist lawsuits to those who continued to claim that he was somehow to blame for the Columbine massacre. Um, over time, after he trademarked it, though, he did begin to use Manson as his main name in lieu of his birth name. His mom continues to refer to him as Brian. But his, He's like, bitch, you're Brian. You're Brian. I named you Brian. But did he ever legally change his name? No, it's still just a trademark. Um, his Love father, that. however, refers to his son as Manson and said, it's called Respect of the Artist. So, I mean, if my kid wanted to be called a different name, what the fuck? Who cares? Yeah. Um, Warner did face several lawsuits and settlements regarding various, like, intellectual property theft, um, abuse, drug use. He mostly slipped through those unscathed or was able to, like, buy his way out of it. But notably, on April 3rd, 2002, Maria St. John filed a lawsuit against Manson in Los Angeles for providing cocaine to her adult daughter and allowing her to drive under the influence. Um, okay, but you lost me at adult. No, I know. And Manson was like, we got her a driver. We, we designated, drove her home. Oh, okay. And she got into her own car once she was dropped off and died after she crashed into three parked cars. So oh, the girl died. I'm so sorry. She did die. Part. Yeah. Um, however, I think that adult decisions belong to the adults that make them. Amongst all the controversy, though, Manson is engaged in a lot of like philanthropy meeting and working with manson is actually a really common wish for kiddos involved with the make a wish foundation what's more common disneyland Uh, probably disneyland or manson yeah (laughs) andrew baines who was 16 at the time um, from tennessee was actually invited to record backing vocals for the golden age of grotesque which i think is kind of cool like i don't know if you're a sick kid and you're dealing with a terminal illness and all you want to do is meet someone on the outside like i can respect it's obviously their favorite artist right that's sweet and the fact that he to be on backup vocals in a song that actually gets released that's actually pretty cool yeah um of this experience manson stated i spent the afternoon with andrew who reminded me the things i create are only made complete by those who enjoy them i just want to simply say thank you to andrew for sharing such an important wish with me that's deep Manson also contributed to Oxfam's Rumble in the Jungle charity event, which aided victims of domestic and sexual abuse. Um, Project Nightlight, which is a group encouraging children and teens to voice physical or sexual abuse. And he performed at Cindy Lauper's Home for the Holidays benefit concert, in which all proceeds went to the True Colors United that benefits youth in the LGBTQ community experiencing homelessness. So he has... I'm like, at least where so, is the darkness coming? Right. You know, remember, we're not a happy podcast, so what's going on? Right what's in going there, on? girl. Give me two more paragraphs, and I'll get you there. Two more paragraphs. <laughs> Warner, inside of this um, philanthropy, was also deeply spiritual. Um, he was long associated with the Satanic Church due to his friendship with the head of the Church of Satan, um, Anton LaVey. However, Warner claims that his friendship did not mean he was a proponent of the religion, just that he you know, was friends with the guy. He did claim in the past, though, that he was ordained to the Church of Satan by LaVey himself. Um, so I don't know if he was, like, overplaying that, but later he was like, yeah, I mean, I was, like, ordained, but it's just, like, a title. I didn't, like, get paid, and it wasn't, like, a real job or anything. Um, he's been described as the highest-profile Satanist ever with anti-Christian and social Darwinist ideology, of which he states, I believe in spirituality, but I believe it has to come from somewhere else. I learned a long time ago, you can't try to change the world, you can just try to make something in it. I think that's my spirituality, putting something into the world. He was also really familiar with Aleister Crowley and Nietzsche, both of the um, different philosophies of nihilism, both of whom he refers to often in his autobiography. Um, The main quote he used was, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, meaning do what you want, it's up to you, which is kind of a Church of Satan thing anyway, like 
I'm going to do what I want. If it affects you, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do me, basically. Words to live by. (laughs) Manson identifies as heterosexual. He was engaged to Rose McGowan for two years, but she ended it due to their lifestyle differences. She didn't disclose why. Um, he later married Dita Montice, who is one of the most famous burlesque des- uh, dancers in the world. Um, they were married in 2005, but their union ended in divorce as well. Dita Montice cited irreconcilable differences as well as his alcoholism, infidelity, and distant behavior as the reason she for filing. As a partner. Yes. Um, their divorce became official on December 27th, 2007. Um, at that point, Manson was dating what I refer to and what the entertainment community would refer to as a triple threat, Evan Rachel Wood. Um, they were in an on-again, off-again sort of situation as well, though. He proposed to her on stage in 2010 when he was performing in Paris, um, but the engagement... I'm sorry, people have proposed in, like, high-profile situations like that. It's like, how am I supposed to say no? Exactly. I feel like you're kind of manipulating someone if I say no. The engagement was terminated later the same year. I think it was, like, six months later. She had to say yes because she was at a fucking concert. Right. Um, Lindsay Usich, I think I'm saying that right, is Manson's current wife, and she's been in his life since 2012 when she was first referred to as his girlfriend. In October 2020, Manson stated publicly that the two had been married in a private ceremony amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Here's the darkness. Are you ready? I've been ready, but I love all the background because I truly know nothing really about him. And I think so. a lot of people don't, and I think that the controversy that leads to some of these things is you important. Need to know the so Exactly, yeah. I appreciate it. So in, in September of 2020, several of Warner's former romantic partners and um, workers started putting some pieces together. Several of these women had some serious allegations against Warner and filed them with California State Senator Susan Rubio. On January 21st, 2021, Rubio contacted the director of the FBI and the U.S. Attorney General, urging them to investigate into these allegations. This led to a hearing in which Evan Rachel Wood gave testimony describing the abuse and trauma she had been through during her relationship with him. Um, This was on February 1st, 2021. Following this, the others started coming forward, and Loma Vista Recordings, creative artist, talent agency, and manager Tony Celia dropped Warner from their books and released public statements decrying his alleged behavior. On, and that was literally the day Evan Rachel Wood testified, like the day of. Um, on February 2nd, so the next day, Warner posted a statement on Instagram decry, uh, stating, Obviously, my art and my life have long been magnets for controversy, but these recent claims about me are horrible distortions of reality. My intimate relationships have always been entirely consensual with like-minded partners. So he wasn't thrilled about... <laughs> no, he was not thrilled to be uh, accused of sexual abuse. Former wife, Dita Montice, officially said that the allegations didn't match up with their seven-year relationship, but that she was proud of the victims for speaking up and not giving up. Rose McGowan echoed this, adding also that her experience had no bearing on whether he was like that with others before or after her. You know, I do love that his ex-partners that weren't um, involved in any sexual abuse were like, uh, you know, it didn't happen with me, but I support these women. Right. Because I feel like so commonly, like, people will be like, oh, well, it didn't happen to me, so it must not be real. And I'm like, that's right. not necessarily true. Right. Um, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department confirmed as of February 19th, 2021, that they were officially investigating the claims of abuse against Warner due to the me- domestic violence allegations. But as of September 2021, he still hasn't been charged with any of those crimes. Um, regardless, for additional women besides Evan Rachel Wood filed civil suits against Warner seeking financial compensa- compensation. Um, Esme Bianco, who is an actress on Game of Thrones, Ashley Lindsay Morgan, who is a model, Ashley Walters, which is a former assistant of his, and an anonymous woman claiming to be an ex-partner of his have all filed these civil lawsuits. Wow. His legal team denies the allegations, and they filed motions to di- dismiss each of the civil suits, depicting them as untrue and meritless, um, and the outcome of months of plotting and corroborating each other's stories to turn, quote, consensual relationships into twisted sagas that are not based in reality. But, like, what do these women have to gain? Right. They're, they most of them are already famous and successful on their own. own. 
um, they could lose everything for speaking out against a powerful man like this. Well, they're gonna what meet at fucking Denny's and go over their stories. Let's, let's so they get our have. coffee and pancakes, girls. Yeah. Let's go, girls. Um, one of these suits filed by the woman wishing to remain anonymous was initially thrown out due to the existing statute of limitations on the alleged crimes, but the judge did give her 20 days to file an amended complaint with more information, which she did do four days later. Um, on October 10th, 2021, the judge declined to dismiss her the lawsuit ordering warner to respond within two weeks so people are taking this seriously which i think is great um and it's definitely one of those like unexpected but unexpected things right i'm not seeing this anywhere now right and so my thing is he chooses to be controversial he chooses to put on this persona of big bad scary satanist whatever the the rib thing just like kind of ties into that right but well he he, said about the columbine uh, massacre like no i mean i he, they if they're gonna be they should have been real fans like right. i actually wouldn't grammy for this like he seemed like he was kind of feeding into the bullshit right but and suddenly anything to drive the fame there's no such yeah. thing as bad publicity right so, well there is obviously he's found it yeah so i want to go into what the complaints were all kind of about from these women um so again a little bit of backstory warner used to rent an apartment above a liquor store in west hollywood in 2010 um so right nearing the end of his relationship with evan rachel wood this apartment was special because it was outfitted with a soundproof box with the goal of soundproofing for recording house music by the previous tenant Its innocent start turned sinister when Warner moved in. The soundproof creative space was used as a punishment. Warner I see the darkness. often it's referred to it as the bad girl's room, where he would banish his girlfriends, keeping them locked in for hours for whatever he deemed a transgression. And again, it's whatever he thought they had wronged him with, not sorry, necessarily the reality. He's into this. He's calling it the bad girl's He's room. He's calling it the bad girl's room. Yeah. Who was he calling this to? Just reporters, oh. Spin Magazine, Hustle, everything. So oh. the apartment itself was also just set up to be just really appalling. Um, Warner's choice of decor included blood, yummy swastikas, not yummy, and porn clippings. Um, quote: There were vaginas everywhere. Dot dot dot. Spray painted messages above his bed read AIDS. Just in big spray paint letters. Oh, so um, cool. You're so edgy, Marilyn. Edgy. He kept the temperature at 65 degrees, which I'm pretty sure your apartment is colder than that right now. It's um, <laughs> Wow. Can't run the heater when we're recording. <laughs> so he kept the temperature at 65 degrees and would throw a literal temper tantrum if anyone fucked with the thermostat. So any white male, really. Yeah. Like, that's any dad. He also kept the shutters closed and the shades drawn with black curtains so no light could get in. And he kept it that way 24 hours a day. You know what, though? I am a stand for black curtains. I'm here for it. Again, I always had black curtains. Everything tied together. So, back to the complainants. why is it always 65? I'm sorry. I'm kind of stuck there because he has the money to afford a heater. It's like as cold as a morgue is my thought. He didn't ever specify why, but don't fucking touch his So, are you saying that my house is cold as a morgue right now? Yes. I'm freezing. Ashley Walters, um, his former assistant, is suing for sexual abuse and mental torture. Um, he said Ashley said he would flippantly talk about the box and seem to enjoy telling people about it. It was always with like an amused tone of voice. Has anyone said they've been in the box? Yes. Okay. Warner never locked Ashley in the chamber, but she did accuse him of being violent and throwing heavy objects or glass plates at her. Um, she said he also offered her up for sexual encounters with other collaborators and artists that he was working with. His assistant? Yeah. He'd be like, you could just have sex with her. It's fine. Okay. And would harass her even after their professional relationship was over. She also alleges being forced to stay awake for like 48 hours straight and stand for hours on end taking just vanity shots of Marilyn Manson. Um, he like, also, I'm not getting paid enough for this. He also forced her to traffic drugs in her luggage on two oh occasions. Um, and you know she got caught. He'd be like, I don't know her. Who's that? Yeah, no, he checked bags in her name that were just full of drugs on overseas trips and stuff. Oh, so That's not... Um, oh, God, that's fucked. Yeah. Ashley has been diagnosed with PTSD and has had night terrors regarding the incidents that he put her through. 
Um, Ashley Lindsay Morgan is also suing Warner for sexual assault and false imprisonment, sharing that he would often force her to stay in the box, roughly the size of a Target dressing room, for hours on end during their relationship, which Manson alleges only lasted about a week, but regardless. Oh, a week or not. Like, the first time I'm locked in a box for over fucking five minutes, (laughs) I'm leaving. Like, yeah. And, like, what did she do? That's what, do we know what she did? To earn the time in yeah. the box? Whatever he... He was just like, you're just... Right, so I'm just wondering box. what he deems as box worthy. Just any type, type of argument or if he felt like he was being abandoned. So... Um, Mommy issues? <laughs> he would goad her into fighting back and then take mm-hmm. pleasure in that fight. Um, she states that she learned not to fight it since the struggle was clearly what he wanted, but instead she just went to a different place in her mind, very similar to Colleen Stan. Um, she claims he cut and burned her and demanded that she bring him Nazi memorabilia. Yeah. She's like, where am I supposed to find this fucking Etsy? Right. Um, she was also diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety, OCD, and night terrors. And she's quoted as saying that the OCD comes in waves. She feels the need to scrub herself, um, so that any memory of him touching her or being inside of her is gone. Um, Gabriella, which, um, she's an artist known as Sour Girl, alleges that Warner would tie her up and rape her. He allegedly forced her to take drugs and cut both of their hands open in a forced blood pact. She spent a Christmas in the hospital after attempting to take her own life and has been diagnosed with PTSD and also suffers nightmares. She is quoted as saying, I am done being silent. I don't believe it's fair for someone to not be held accountable for their horrific actions. I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. Go off, girl. Go off, queen. Sarah McNeely was often locked in the soundproof bad girl's box, thrown against the wall, and threatened with a baseball bat. He told her he was going to bash her her head in. He would berate her, follow her around the house for hours, screaming about whatever it was that pissed him off. She now suffers PTSD and multiple undisclosed mental health issues um, as a result of the abuse and mental torture. She defends waiting to come forward with a statement, I have been afraid to bring any spotlight upon myself as to avoid winding up in his crosshairs again. I stand in support of all that have and all who will come forward. I want to see Brian held accountable for his evil. I mean, if you think about it, like, you get out of that situation, a lot, yeah, and he's, I mean... Some of these women obviously have careers, but, like, he is on a different level than a lot of these women. Like, to be honest, most of these women I haven't heard of, but I've heard of him even if I don't listen to his music. Right. And also, a woman in Hollywood, they know to shut up because they want a career. And you're not going to have a career. Weinstein. I mean, Bill Cosby. Like, so many that have been coming to light. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to be able to speak out on it now, I'm sure, is very freeing for them, but also terrifying at the same time. Definitely. Um, Esme Bianco, the actress from Game of Thrones, was also very frank in her testimony. She states that Warner abused her verbally, deprived her of food and sleep, bit, cut, electrocuted, and whipped her all without consent and raped her in the two years that they were together. Bianco also shows that Warner once chased her around the apartment with an axe, smashing holes in the walls and screaming at her for crowding him. She's like, you're chasing me, motherfucker. Yeah, you're too close. Um, you're in my space, motherfucker. She referred to this incident as the catalyst to her leaving him, which good for her. Um, Warner often used his status in her life to entice her to stay, though. He was the reason she got a work visa status, because she is a UK citizen. Um, and he allegedly lured her to his home in the first place um, to shoot a music video for his song, called I Want to Kill You Like They Do in the Movies. Um, the video never happened, but Esme did get locked in a room for four days as uh, her first experience. Oh, my God. So besides the abuse that these women have in common, they came together for a common purpose, to make sure that this man, hiding behind his persona of the Antichrist, would not be able to hurt anyone else the way that he had hurt them. And before I leave off, I have something really, really cool to share. So please stay tuned, because this is like the coolest thing to me. Evan Rachel Wood co-wrote a bill with Senator Rubio, referred to as the Phoenix Act, to convince lawmakers and prosecutors that the statute of limitations on sexual and domestic assault cases needed to be extended. I mean, why is there a statute of limitations? Why is there a statute of limitations? 
But the fact that she was like, you know what? Because her case, the statute of limitations is run out. They won't try her case. Yeah. Uh, uh, Initially, prior to its passing, the statute of limitations sat at three years. Wood and Rubio were able to get it extended to 10. That's fantastic. Because think about it. Getting out of a domestic violence situation, statistically, you're most likely to get harmed or killed after you leave. Right. And I don't think it's like, oh, after, you know, a few weeks. Like, some of these fucking people are furious for forever. So three years is not a long time. And they think about healing-wise and I have to go back and talk about it. And she said she's in intense therapy. Intense I bet bet all these women are. I mean, to be locked in a room for any amount of time, but for four fucking days. Chased around with an axe. Cut. Electrocuted. Like, a blood tax. Sorry, I know I'm mixing a bunch of girls together, but. Yeah, just insanity and he's denying all this obviously right yeah and are we going to court is we're going to court, court proceedings yeah, happening we're going okay. to court i know um, you said they were charged but i was just wondering if we're continuing to follow yeah because he's so, on a jail so yeah he's not been charged yet the case has been filed it's going through litigation um but evan's reasoning for co-writing this bill um even though her case won't be affected by it, is that people who have suffered this type of trauma are often too afraid to speak out. Just like you said, their abusers are very often not prosecuted and their speaking out can escalate or ruin their own careers. Um, Wood in her testimony stated, the name of my abuser is Brian Warner, also known to the world as Marilyn Manson. He started grooming me when I was a teenager and horrifically abused me for years. I was brainwashed and manipulated into submission. I'm done living in fear of retaliation, slander, or blackmail. And actually, she filed a suit against him and his current wife because they threatened to release nude photographs of her without her consent um, if she didn't drop the case. So, um, Wood started the hashtag I am not okay in 2019, sharing photos from a photo shoot she had done with Elle magazine in 2010, stating the day of this photo shoot, I was too weakened by an abusive relationship. I was emaciated, severely depressed, and could barely stand. I fell into a pool of tears and was sent home for the day. And to do that in Hollywood as a professional female you don't break down because if you do, you're not getting another job. Right. So it was that bad. Um, at that juncture, Wood had not revealed that Warner was her abuser, but those familiar with the timeline of their relationship were clear on the fact that she was likely referring to him. Um, she also testified in 2018 before the House Judiciary Committee as part of an effort to get the Sexual Assault Survivors Bill of Rights passed in all 50 states, um, saying... My experience with domestic violence was this. Toxic mental, physical, and sexual abuse, which started slow but escalated over time, including threats against my life, severe gaslighting and brainwashing, waking up to the man that claimed to love me raping what he believed to be my unconscious body. The first time Wood left him, Warner did an interview with Spin Magazine stating, I have fantasies every day about smashing her skull in with a sledgehammer. Wait, huh? Yeah, so... He did an interview? With Spin Magazine. Um, and it was what? in conjunction with a song that he had recently released. So when this was brought up in court, a representative for him said that the comment was obviously a theatrical rock star interview, what? not a factual account. So... Could you imagine interviewing someone and they say that about their ex and you're just okay. like... <laughs> okay. okay, that's really cool. Anyway, so we were talking about your new song. Right. So smash her fucking head, and he's like, "Okay, um, cool." Uh, So yeah, it's just very. He would like during the times that she would get the strength to leave him. He would call her or call her family's home incessantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he went on record saying that every time she he called her and she hung up on him, he cut himself, and he said he had about 152 cuts. And I'm like, so give up, stop calling. Well, and that's another way to guilt her into it, right? right. Like, it's so I'm hurting myself. It's such I mean, a gaslighting thing. Gaslighting thing to an extreme, and you know that's how. I mean, leaving an abusive relationship is probably the hardest thing you can do. So it's like, and it's just wow. Yeah. These women are so strong, and wow, I never knew any of this, and I don't see it at all on the media, like at all. And I think because he's not. He's mainstream, but he's not mainstream, right? right. And that's the deal like with this band. Yeah. He's kind of like the strong of our band. It's like it's mainstream because you're some of the most popular people in the band, but it's not mainstream as if like this was Justin Bieber. Right. Right. 
Right. Because the news are like, this is scary music. Even in 2021, right? Like, this is right. different. We are edgy. <laughs> Some of their songs are about killing people. Um, yeah, no, and that, that's the thing. It's like he hid behind his persona 100%. And he was like, obviously, I didn't do that. It's like, um, what's that movie? Split? That wasn't me. Mm-hmm. It's Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the vibe I get. I wonder... I mean, I hope not, but I'm guessing that his current wife is probably also being abused. She hasn't come forward as much, and she's saying that they're very happy. But that's... Well, she's married to him. Right, exactly. So, all of that being said, um, I want to leave us off on a high note because this investigation is stupidly still ongoing. Uh, multiple benefit multiple women would not benefit from contriving this situation especially given that many of them still suffer the consequences um either through the statute of limitations or the mental health issues and they're it might be the truth in numbers like it's not one person it's not two people it's a lot of people and they're all saying very common things and he even says like i have this bad girl's room yeah box and they're like yeah i was locked in it for four or five his whole stance is that it was consensual though and they're like it was not consensual four days right so the phoenix act is not applied retroactively but it is being utilized to make sure future occurrences of this keep those women safe um in all of my research though something evan rachel wood said just like really hit me um and that's where i want to leave us she said i used to think being strong was not being affected and now to me being strong is letting it affect you but being able to move past it and seeing the pain walking through it letting it flow through you and then letting it leave you can break and still be strong I like that. I love that. Yeah. No, I, I, I was a fan of hers because she's in Across the Universe, and I, I'm obsessed with that movie. But I did not know all of this about her. And this started off as I'm going to talk about Marilyn Manson. He's controversial, Columbine, whatever. And then I was like, this motherfucking queen took it yeah. into her hands to make sure that this does not happen ever again. Well, it's very important, I think, for any of these women to come forward because this gives so much confidence to just normal day-to-day women and men who are being abused by their spouses or their significant others like this is giving power to some random person living in rhode island in pennsylvania wherever and just to prove that this isn't just a you thing this happens to everyone this happens to the richest of the rich the poorest of the poor like this happens and sadly it's it happens more often than it should happen right and i think that quote is so true to just like anyone who goes through anything in life because it's like i think I mean, now, thankfully, it's being talked about so much more is that this kind of stuff, like, just because you deal with a mental illness or you deal with something, this doesn't mean you're broken. This doesn't mean this happens to you. This doesn't mean you're broken. You can never be repaired and you can never go on to have a successful, happy, healthy relationship or life, right? Like, you power through it. You go through it. You get the help that you need and you continue to live. And you're not any less of a person than you were before, you know, Brian, yeah, they You're took sh- something from you, but it's not something that you need to move forward right. with. They so. took something from you, and this doesn't lessen your trauma, but you, and actually I feel like I'm talking to myself right now, like, <laughs> yeah. you can get through it, you can move on, right. and you can continue to live and actually have a happy life. It's right. a lot of work, and you have to put in a lot of work, but... Wow, I didn't know any of this. Any of this. Literally, when you are ta- telling me all this, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool, like, he... He does a lot of stuff. Okay, what? Well, I was literally starting to get, I was like, call mine, that's it. We're going to have to redo this episode because right. this is not dark enough. Like, it's dark enough. And not saying that everything needs to be dark, but like, that's the theme of our podcast. Right, like, yeah. that is the whole thing. So. This isn't a celebrity podcast. <laughs> wow. I am interested. I'm going to, like, dive down a hole now. And actually, I saw my friend post on Instagram. Like, I have this pick, guitar pick from Marilyn Manson. I just found it, and I ripped it up because he's a predator. And I'm like... He is a predator. I'm like, oh, wow, weird. I've never heard anything about that. I was like, this must have been years ago. Like, because I haven't heard about him in years. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the guy that might have because rib out so he could suck his own dick. I'm like, okay, yeah, makes sense. Maybe one person. Wow. Wow. So do you want to join a blood pact with me? Or? Not necessarily. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to have to kind of pass on the blood, <laughs> blood pact thing. We can just have a business agreement. I think that will... An actual contract? We can have a business contract, you know, split our earnings type of thing. I think that'll be okay. But, wow. I think that one was dark enough. Good. Um, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at is that too dark. dark. Tell, Tell your, your moms. <laughs> Tell, Tell your, your friends. Mom. Tell, Tell your dad. 
Don't tell Mar- Marilyn Manson. I don't really. I don't need Brian to listen to this. No. Brian, Brian. Can stay home. Brian. I'm not calling him Marilyn. He wants to be called that. Not anymore. Not sure I learned about him. <laughs> and that's why I was like, so originally, and we're going to title it Marilyn Manson because I want you guys to know who we're talking about before we talk Literally, about it. But like, I really was like, I'm doing like, Brian Warner. She's oh. like, I thought you were doing Marilyn Manson. I'm like, I am. <laughs> the same person. Yeah. I mean, I knew obviously that wasn't his real name. It'd be cool kind of who it was. Right. But wow. Well, we hope you enjoyed and we hope you listen, <laughs> tell a friend, and we hope that uh, you're a bad bitch. I don't know. Yeah, don't get locked in the bad girl's room without your consent. So, I mean, if it's a consensual thing, go off, queen. But. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay. <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs>